championship. Can you feel Candlestick? Welcome to Cover 49. I am Tess, and I am here with the bag man, Jamal himself. What do you do? Tendenzo Free Agency. Let's get it. And I got Chrissy Chris, Fresno's Finest. That's right. What's happening on a Sunday? What's up, America? <laughs> Jamal, what is your go-to video game right now? Oh, man. Uh, Modern Warfare. I've been messing with that. Call of Duty. Uh, not Black Ops, just Modern Warfare. Still on that shit. Bang, bang, bang. Yes, sir. Chris, what's the last video game you played? Shit. Man, I haven't played video games in about NCAA 2001 with uh, Charles Woodson on it, I think. 2001, dude? Are you serious? Yeah, man. Yeah, man I, don't, I don't play games. I'm, I'm just kidding. But I don't play video games, though. So, but uh, I think that is probably the last video game I played. Yeah. I ain't gonna, I'm not a gamer. But I support the, the game industry. Well, we'll get into it. Um, today we will be talking about the defensive line, and we cut it down a little bit for you guys because you know we can't go through everybody that ever played defensive line for the 49ers this season. Uh Jamal, what was the guy that came and played for us and was out that one game or played one game and it was out? Which one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Very true, very true. But the Niners, they, they started off the season losing the best defense alignment, I think, that was on the team. Solomon also, Thomas. arguably, you could argue for him. You know what I mean? I could argue for him that he was the best defense alignment in the league. Uh, I think he was better than even Aaron Donald. I think he was a better leader than Aaron Donald. Nicky Bosa? <laughs> nah. Well, yeah, he started the season, but one uh, Buckner, DeForest oh. Buckner, and uh, what did we give up for him, Jamal? Uh, well, the Colts gave up a 2020 first-round pick, 14th overall, 14th which overall. we used for Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw. Chris, what do you think about that trade now, where you're removed from that trade? What's your thoughts? Honestly, I feel it was uh, it was an even trade. You know, it's a, a win-win uh, for the Colts. I mean, they got a a top five defensive lineman. And for us, we were able to get a top 15 pick and to turn that into a, a nice little gym for us. Uh, Kinlaw, I feel like he had a, a good year for us, a good rookie year. I think he's going to develop into a, a nice little cornerstone, cornerstone piece for us. Um, but uh, Norris Buckner is a hell of a player. I mean, as he proved throughout the year with the Colts, um, but I feel like it was an even trade. I mean, he didn't want to take the offer that we had uh, for him. He wanted the top bucks, but at the same time, the Niners always take care of, you know, we don't want to get too much uh, money out there. You know, we give you a good offer, but if you want to break the bank, we're not going to do that. Yeah, no, it sucks. I feel we got fleeced on that trade. Now, we, when we got the first round pick for him, but Defoe was a premier elite defensive tackle right behind Aaron Donald. 
Uh, he finished 2020 first team all pro. That tells you everything you know right now. He was right up there with amongst the best. And I know he won a top dollar, but I, I think we could have uh, we could have worked with him. If that means I didn't go to Eric Armstead, I would have cut his ass real quick also. So yeah. uh, I think we, uh, we got the short end of the stick on that trade for sure. I kind of agree with you because kind of look at what kind of trade offers are. I mean, I know this offseason is a, a big quarterback. Uh, everybody's looking for the quarterbacks, and there's a quarterback carousel. And every, people are saying, like, it's going to take, like, four first rounds to get Deshaun Watson, right? Or it's going to take four first rounds to get uh, Russell Wilson. Any, yeah. Um, but I just feel like there is no way that we could have been like, yeah, we'll take a first rounder and a third rounder. You know what I mean? But that didn't work out for us. And the Colts one gave us the best possible trade package, but even an extra third wouldn't have helped losing a guy like Defoe. That's for damn sure. Yeah, Eric Armstead, he might get he might be getting paid a little bit too much more than he's worth. You know what I mean? The word is overpaid. That's what you're <laughs> uh, hey, uh, he's a good guy, man. He gets paid for his uh, off-the-field activities. He's a hell of a player on the field, and he's a hell of a player off the field. He's a good guy for the community. Yes, that's great. That's not winning a Super Bowl ring, though. Okay. True. All right. All right. So, I mean, but – so we're talking about Armstead. And, well, Chris, tell me, tell me – what do you think about the year that Armstrong just had? He was a solid player for us. I mean, he held it down from when we lost uh, Bosa and Solomon Thomas. I mean, he was kind of the anchor on the line <clears throat> for this year. Um, I mean, he held his own. I mean, he was a solid player. He's not really a star player. Like, you know, we lose Bosa and, uh, like I said, Solomon Thomas and your guy Buckner. But he's a good uh, piece, a solid piece in a, a defensive line. I wouldn't say he's a – a superstar, but he is a solid player, kind of on the level of a uh, Calais Campbell. So I mean, you kind of those kind of guys you want on your team, you know. I mean, I don't think we overpaid for him or anything like that. Yeah, he's he's a solid piece. I just think he's definitely overpaid. I know that contract's mostly backloaded. Also, I think he was making like a million bucks for the twenty twenty something like that. So the contract's super backloaded. He helped the team out significantly with that signing. And uh, I know early in his career, him and Jimmy Ward were kind of like those two guys and our fans just hated, couldn't stay healthy, super inconsistent, didn't do anything on the field. But, uh, I mean, he hasn't missed a game the last three years, which is encouraging. And obviously he needs a guy like Nick Bosa and D Ford on the edges so that he can make uh, some noise on the inside. Right. But, um, I mean, circling back to the beginning, man, I just think he's a little bit overpaid for what he brings to the table. I think anytime you sign that big – contract you know what i mean and we, we're talking about money a lot when it comes down to him <clears throat> maybe a little bit unfairly that's going to be uh attached to your name i just think that's the market for a good defensive end i think you know what i mean we caught it at the wrong time of re-signing him you know would i want to pay him a little bit less yes but am i mad that he's uh getting paid what he's getting paid no he's not even the highest paid lineman on the team which is what well, that's paid. the market <clears throat> that's yeah, all that will be in a couple of years but yeah, right now the highest paid off or defensive lineman is D Ford. And the question is, what do we do with D Ford, Jamal? Tell me what do you do with D Ford? Cut him. So here here's the issue with D Ford. <clears throat> I know uh, he got this super crazy contract. I know if we cut him post June one, we say about sixteen million dollars or something like that. Issue right now is that he's injured. You can't cut an injured player. 
if you cut an injured player, you got to pay an injury settlement. And looking at his contract, that injury settlement is going to be significant. Uh, John Lynch already came out this year saying that he's a questionable for 2021. I think the best thing you can do right now, keep him on the roster, maybe halfway through, um, cut him once he passes that physical. It's about a $12 million injury um, guarantee he has on April. Golly, that's ultimate milkman right there. Shit. But if you cut him this year at any point, you're getting out of that contract, which he's owed like $32 million in the next couple of years. So I think you just kind of bite the bullet, keep him in for another couple of months till he stays healthy, pass that physical, and then cut him loose. Chrissy Chris, I mean, I know you're having a big party next weekend. Would D Ford be invited to your party? Nah, man. I only need <laughs> I need I need, I need people that are gonna be on the team uh, that are gonna be there. Uh and like I said, cut him. I mean, shoot, man, you you cost me more money uh, than uh you're worth, honestly. Uh, he's got to go. I mean, how many downs did he play for us? I mean, he's been on the team for two years, and I think I I haven't seen him out there and play. I mean, I don't even know what number he wears. Get him out of there. Cut you know, um, you know what's my favorite stat that I've seen today, and I can't quote it. I wish – I mean, not today, but this offseason. I wish I had it in front of me. I saw it on Twitter. Everybody makes a big deal of Jimmy Garoppolo's win-loss record, right? Sorry, James Garoppolo's win-loss record. I was, so, I was so great, but uh, D Ford has only lost three games in the you know in, in the uniform for the 49ers. So <laughs> how many sacks? Only dressed up three times in his whole career. That's why his, his win loss record is incredible. And those people who argue for James Garoppolo should be arguing for D Ford also. Um, exactly. And so you know we had injuries, right? And we haven't got into it. Uh, you know, Bosa got injured. D Ford, I I honestly think okay, here's another thing about D Ford. I honestly think he was injured from the get-go, but you get that salary bonus, right, Jamal, if you make the opening day roster. No, he's got a uh, injury guarantee that kicks on April first. Right, but I'm talking oh. about last season. Like he made this uh opening day roster, so he gets a salary bonus for that, right? Oh yeah, I haven't looked into that part. I was mostly just looking at his uh, injury studies. But uh... I definitely think he was a guy that kind of bamboozled us a little bit. Uh, I think he came into the season already hurt. I, no, that's that's on John Lynch. He gave a second round pick to bring in D Ford with his crazy background history of constantly being hurt and never playing a full season. He finally stayed healthy, got paid for it, five years, eighty-five million dollars. And with that injury history, John Lynch should have known better. Should have stretched the contract so he wouldn't be stuck in the situation. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> hey, hey, cut him. That's all I can say. No, we, we can't man, cut him. Hey, That's the issue. We say? can't cut him. Get him. Bad okay, man. so let him. We're on the hook for over $50 million in dead money this year. Hey, man. If Only thing you is the on the man. roster when he finally passed the physical, then you cut him. And it's at least going to cost you $11.6 million at the minimum cutting him now. If, bad uh, man if, getting bodies. That's what he do. If, if D4 is, is listening to the podcast, uh, I would like to say you're the friend of the podcast, but I don't think you are. Uh, no, he's not. On the, on the record, John Lynch gave out two contracts to Eric Armstead and D Ford, eighty-five million dollars a piece, and didn't give <laughs> Depot the contract. He made the wrong. Uh, John Lynch, you might be part of the Bagman crew tonight. <laughs> he's, uh, on the list, bagged up. he's on the uh, list. Say so you're a friend of the podcast. You might just get bagged up because Bagman don't play. He <laughs> take at least one or two bodies a show, so uh, it might be you tonight. 
All right, all right. Let me give let me give uh, Jamal a guy that he likes. But Chris, tell me what your thoughts are on Kerry K- Hyder. Oh, I'm big on him, man. He's explosive. He's he's young. He's got a lot to prove. Uh, I yeah, I need more snaps from him. Like I said, we like I said, uh, the D line is a uh, a very uh, strong unit uh, on our team. I mean, I don't I don't hate him. I know you don't feel too careful with him coming back. Um, I think it was a cool little piece. I don't know how he had a career year when everyone else was just sucking. I don't know if it was the D-line coach unlock something. I think he's going to be expensive, though. I don't think you can be able to afford him to come back. No, see, that's the thing. Um, before this season, his career high in game started was at two. <laughs> <laughs> that was four seasons ago. Uh, he played four in 16 ago. games the season before last, and he played seven games before that and uh, another 16-game season and a one-game in, back in 2015. Uh, he has two seasons where he's had over one sack, and those are his career years at eight sacks and 8.5 sacks. And I'm with Jamal. I don't understand where he got all these sacks from. I don't know if it was a contract year. Uh, if you look at his numbers and you pay him just by his numbers, he's going to be – a, he's going to be commanding a salary that we won't be able to afford. I would love to have him back if he's going to be a rotational guy, right? Some guy that's playing in the game, maybe five to eight snaps at the defensive end position. I think he's a, he'd be uh, with Bosa coming back. I think anybody will be better. I think Kerry Hyder would be better, but it just seems like the, the numbers that he put up this year are a outliner, if you will. And I don't think he'll do it again. And um, that brings us to a couple other guys that don't know if we're going to bring them back, and that's DJ Jones. Jamal, what do you what do you what do you got on DJ Jones? Uh, DJ Jones, not much. I mean, defensive tackle. Um, I feel like he had good games, had bad games. I feel like he was a little bit of injury concern. I know uh, PFF wasn't too high on him. I mean, like I said, he's a free agent. If he comes back, that's great. If not, whatever. I think we can find someone just as good in the draft in later rounds for sure. Right, for sure. Uh, what about you, Chris? Chris, you got any thoughts on DJ Jones? Nah, another cap casualty. You know, like I said, like Jamal said, uh, we can uh, upgrade that in the draft. I mean, the production that he's going to give us, I mean, we might as well uh, have a rookie doing that. Uh, he had his time to shine and didn't really see too much from him. And then, you know, you're talking about rookies replacing. We had a rookie on the on the team that kind of – I think he kind of picked it up in the end of the season. It's always hard for a rookie to come in and where he needed to be replacing Buckner. He got drafted really early, and you're expecting a lot from him early. Uh, with the COVID at the beginning of the year, not having a rookie camp, not having a real training camp, I think really hurt him. But a uh, Javon Kinlaw, who likes to put uh, – animals in his mouth after he kills them and walks off with them. You guys see that Instagram video? So he yeah. Is, it, he it was trending for a little bit. He is a tough guy, I think. But Chris, what do you what do you think about Javon Kinlaw? Uh other than other than doing that, uh, I'll pass on that. But he's a hell of a football <laughs> player. I think this was a good year for him. I mean he got a nice little exposure. Uh he got his uh, feet wet a little bit. I think he'll come back next year a whole lot more seasoned and uh to me, he's, I wouldn't say Aaron, Aaron Donald level just right now, but I feel like uh, he has the potential to 
be on that path of those one of those uh, top five defensive linemen. I, I was excited. <clears throat> you know, uh, you know us 49ers, we love the South Carolina D linemen. But <laughs> but South Carolina uh, anything. Yeah, very pretty much. Shout out JC Horn. <laughs> Jamal, does Kinlaw have a chance to be an all pro defensive tackle? I mean, sure, why not? I mean, um, I don't think he showed a lot this year as a rookie, but you really can't judge a D lineman in his first year. You got to give him at least two, three years to develop and learn his schemes. Um, I, I was kind of, I don't know, disappointed, I guess, in Kinlaw's production. I saw he got blown back way too often on double teams. Uh, he didn't show a lot of awareness to me personally. I know he made a couple of big plays, had that pick six. Um, had a couple sacks. So he, he was there. I mean, he's only going to get better for sure. The fact that he's wearing Defoe's old number, he was basically traded for Defoe, it just, it just going to kind of haunt me personally. We just got to check the comparisons throughout the, the five-year comparison or whatever down the road. But have faith. Have faith, Bagman. Have faith. I think Kinlaw, within next year, the next two years, he's going to be at a Pro Bowl level consistently. Yeah, a healthy Nick Bosa would definitely help him out as well next year. Yeah, True. I mean, I mean, one thing that I like to point out is that you see DeForest Buckner in the '99 jersey. I see Manny Lawson. So, okay, okay, shout out Manny Lawson, uh, another friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, oh, Manny Lawson. Podcast. Uh, okay, so then Jamal, we're we're putting this list together, <clears> and and you wanted to bring up Contavia Street. What do you what do you got on Contavia Street? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, besides the fact he's a bum, I mean, oh, <laughs> it sucks. I know we drafted him a few years ago, fourth round. So, Bad I don't know. I, just, I don't know where these guys get these guys from. I mean, fourth round, it's just another bust. Towards ACL, I think it was coming back from a TCL or something like that. Just, I think it's just a gym rat. He posted a video of him squatting like 500 pounds or some bullshit. But um, I think... PFF ranks right towards ACL and 125 defensive linemen. I, mean, I can't believe you brought this guy up. We're putting the we're putting the show list together, guys. If and we're putting um, we're going through it. I'm naming off to some D linemen that we want to talk about. We're going yes, we're going no. I mean, as you could tell, we didn't name everybody. But Jamal was like, "Hey, make sure you put Contavia Street in there." Me and Chris were like, "Well, you're gonna have to talk to him about him by yourself." <laughs> yeah, for real. I don't know that dude. A bum. I'm <laughs> talking about him. I mean, the guy. Like I said, he was drafted in 2018, fourth round. That's a day three pick early. You would imagine you get something return <laughs> for that. The guy hasn't done nothing. Yeah, that's a UBS in my book. Okay, Absolutely so then nothing. you also told me to put Jordan Willis and Ronald Blair on the list. You got anything positive to say about those guys? <laughs> uh, Ronald Blair is gone. He's for sure gone. I know he uh, tore his ACL like two years ago. He spent a last year recovering. But um, I don't know what he's going to be. He's going to be getting paid at least $1.2, $1.5 million to come back next year. They're not making this year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's too much. Lucky bastard. Can you squat 500 pounds? Nah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't. I would, but I can't. All right, all right. You all want right. to talk about Solomon Thomas, or are you going to avoid that, uh, that one as well? <laughs> hey, no, that's, not, hey, that's, a, that's another uh, a foundational piece. He's not a superstar. Well, it's another John Lynch fuck up, but yeah, go ahead, bro. <laughs> Bagman is full effect tonight. Get your bodies and get your bags. The Bagman is here tonight. Man, uh, real, real quick, real quick. I mean, 2017, brand new regime. Get into the draft, number two overall pick. 
Then they trade back to number three, get another third. I'm super psyched. Like, man, John Lynch is a fucking genius, man. We're good to go. And then you draft Solomon Thomas. <laughs> hey, you ain't lying about that one, though. <laughs> he ain't hey, lying about that one. I'll tell, give that. Tell, tell them why he drafts Solomon Thomas, though. I don't know why he drafts Solomon Thomas. He wanted because, a pass rusher. Because they took a Sometimes they use those guys, man. Because they took a class together in Stanford. No, he's a good guy. That's fantastic. He's a great guy. I feel bad for his sister. I feel bad for him. But you can't be taking this full third overall when it's still talent on the board and Jamal Adams. I'm not going to mention Mahomes or, you know, Sean Watkins. I'm sorry, Sean Watkins. Would you – would you bring back Solomon Thomas for one year in the league minimum? No, hell no. Not if okay, yeah. no. he was drafted. No, he cut. He get the cut him speech. I feel um, like he owes us a few dollars, honestly. Oh my god. Another good guy for the community. He's another okay. good guy for the community. All right, here we go. So I saved the best for last. Um, I was at Jamal's house for this when, when this happened. They were playing the Jets. What was my invite? Uh I didn't know you yet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they were playing the Jets. And then uh, as soon as it happened, as soon as Bosa went down with the injury, Jamal got up and he left the house. And I just – and he came back in and he was like, the season's done. And I was like, dude, we got like 14 more games left. <laughs> the season is done. And then me, his dad, and his mom were all trying to cheer him up. But he was like, no. The season is done. And the man was absolutely. He wasn't lying though. What do you, what do you think, uh, Chris? What do you what do you think about Bosa? Oh no, he's a hell of a player, man. I mean, shoot, I think we got the better of the Bosa brothers, honestly, because I mean his brother's still a Pro Bowl Pro Bowl player for the Chargers, but uh, I think we got the better Bosa. Uh, I mean, he just gives the juice to the defense. I mean, we got Fred Warner, you know, uh, holding down the. The defense, but I mean, at the same time, we need Nick Bosa to get that uh, pass rush, get us that juice off the edge that we're missing, that playmaking, make everybody a step better. Uh, Jamal, do you have a Bosa jersey? Uh, I do not, actually. I don't have one yet. You're going to add one to your collection. I mean, the rumors are true that they come out with these new red ones from 94. I'm for sure going to grab one. I mean, I, I love, I mean, every 49 fan loves them. I know coming out last year when we drafted them. People were kind of like looking at politically, not being cool with it. I don't give a damn about that. Boy's a football no. player. That's all I want. I want football players. What, what, what does Singletary say? I want winners. He's a winner. And that's all we want. Absolute that's stud. Um, yeah, even if we had him last year, if we would have been healthy, we would have probably been a playoff team, in my opinion. Exactly. He's, he's we would have been that Cardinal team that would have pushed it through. We yeah, I think Kinlaw would have definitely benefited from having uh, Bosa next to him. Um, the defense would have benefited for sure. So um, I'm, I'm excited to see him back on the field for sure, man. Love you, Sambosa. You guys want to hear a fun fact about Mike Singletary since you brought him up? Yes, sir. Mike Singletary coached a high school football team, and he didn't win one game. Sounds like the Antioch Panthers, 2007. <laughs> <Stupid>. <laughs> uh, no, he, uh, after his, uh, his coaching stint in the NFL, he went on to go coach a high school football team. And Hell of a player, terrible coach. Yeah, man, I just don't understand how that guy – I don't understand how he's such a bad coach when even like Patrick Willis endlessly plays him. Every year you're talking about Patrick Willis and why he became a good player. He always talks about Mike Singletary's how he told him to use his eyes, but that's a. I'm just saying another friend of the podcast, but hell of a player, bad coach. Okay. So, I mean, we went through our roster. We talked about our D line. 
the Bagman is out tonight, and he's a oh hell yeah, team. full effect. Um, you Catching know what I mean? But there is a draft coming up, and we there is some talent coming up, and which reminds me of one thing I wanted to say about uh, Javon Kinlaw. We're gonna look back at this draft maybe five to six years from now, and we're gonna be like Javon Kinlaw is the best defensive tackle in this draft, but there were maybe only four NFL caliber tackles, defensive tackles in the draft. Um, I just think a year that I, I wish that John Lynch would have made that trade a, a year sooner than he did. Uh, I just don't think this was the right draft to be picking defensive tackles and no offense to Javon Kinlaw. You know I mean? I think if he was coming out in this draft, I don't know if he'd be picked at 14. Maybe I don't even know if he'd be a first round pick. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I don't. That's what we do. We we, yeah. we draft D linemen in the first round. That's what. Yeah, we but do. honestly, I think there's three uh, defensive linemen that are coming out in this draft that are better than him. But uh, we're going on to this draft. Uh, Chris, yeah, Chris, you got a you got a bunch of poly guys you want to talk about? Give me, give me. Hey, hey, I'm all about it, man. I'm all about the Polynesians. Uh, I just don't, don't get mad at me if I butcher your name wrong, but I'm showing you love at the same time. Uh, my man Jay Tafili from USC. Yeah, uh, he's he's a good player. He is a very strong with the. He has an ideal frame. Uh, he has active hands. I mean, he's, he has physical tools. He's a good three technique. He's a D lineman. Um, he's strong against the run. Uh, he shows ability to uh, push the pocket from the interior. I feel like uh, that's another depth piece that we need. Like I said, we got Ken Law, and we have my man uh, KJ Hayden in the in the interior. But always, you can never have too many uh, D linemen <clears throat> get that uh, rotation going, keep fresh bodies going in and rushing the quarterback, especially from the interior because, I mean, uh, you push that pocket right into the quarterback's face. That makes it even better for your edge rushers and then your DBs. It's hand in hand. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Jamal. Who you got? Yeah, I'm kind of upset with you guys. I don't think this is a, a great D line edge rushing draft. Personally, there's some good names out here. Um, I don't know if there's any day one starters though. I mean, I think Ken Law definitely would have been a first round pick out of this class for sure. Um, real quick, though, looking at a couple guys, I mean, one that kind of sticks out to me personally is uh, Melton Williams, defensive and defensive tackle from Louisiana Tech. If I could describe in one word, it'd be explosive. The dude's physical, quick off the line. You know, he plays inside, outside. I like his speed to power. He kind of does a little bit of everything uh, for Louisiana Tech. Only uh, downside on him is just the quality of opponents he was playing. He didn't really have to dig deep in his pass rushing moves to beat the alignment. But um, I like him a lot as kind of like a uh, Ronald Blair replacement for us next year. Yeah, there, I, I well, I agree with you in when you say that there's a, not a lot of um, edge guys, but that guy from Bama, the kid from Bama, the defensive tackle from the top of my head, I think he's going to be better than Ken Law. And um, – there's just a few other guys. I think LSU's got a stud. Well, LSU stud is going back to college, but um, maybe you're right. Maybe Ken Law be a first round. Could have been a first rounder this season. Yeah, hey, I'm high on Ken Law though. He, I mean, he he grown. He he grew throughout the season. I mean, he didn't flash beginning of the season, but 
You saw him making plays towards the end of the season. I mean, shoot, give him a year. Give him see what he does this year. I mean, he's yeah, it always takes a nice year. You know, I mean, everybody can't just pop, you know, one year in like Nick Bosa. Give give Ken Law, give Ken Law some. I mean, I'm happy with Ken Law, his production, even though he was a 14 overall pick, but he was more of a death pick, uh, you know. Right. No, you're right. You guys are right. You guys are right. And like, but like you said, there's a lot of edge rushers that, or this isn't an edge rushers draft, but there is one edge rusher that I like uh, just from watching his highlights. And that one person is Jordan Smith from the University of Alabama, Bringingham, not not Roll Tide, Alabama, but Alabama, Bringingham, UAB. That's Brokeham. Jordan Smith, 6'7", 255 pounds. He's probably got a wingspan of a pterodactyl. Chris, I I told Chris and Jamal to look it up, and they both said he's a poor man's uh, Alden Smith. I see Alden Smith all over him, of course. Anybody that's coming out of college, they need to get stronger when they get into the NFL. Then and uh, just going back to like the COVID offseason, it kind of it might have hurt his uh, production in the weight room, but definitely needs to get in the weight room a little bit. Six seven, two hundred and fifty five pounds. He does have the build to put on a good amount of muscle, and he has all the athletic ability that you're looking for in a pass rusher, and he has those long arms. So I know for a fact if Trent Balky was still here, he'd probably draft him. Well, I don't know that if. Jordan Smith <laughs> tore his ACL. He'd probably draft him, but then he would. And if he was from South Carolina, then he would. I'm just but, saying, you know, you know how that goes. But uh, he's a guy that I really do like. Chris, you got another poly guy for me? Uh yeah, man. But I'm gonna butcher his name so bad. I'm gonna just call him <laughs> Levi. I'm gonna say Levi like the jeans, like the stadium <laughs> that he plays in. Uh, he's from Washington. Uh, his name is Levi. Levi. Levi, Allah Walla, Allah Woozer, but he's from Washington. Uh, he's a he's a, um, a edge rusher. Um, he's like kind of like the on the same uh, uh, path of your guy Jordan Smith. Kind of long. He's about six five, six six, uh, about two forty five. Uh, guy, uh, like I said, needs to put some weight on in the weight room. Uh, Jamal, you got another guy you like? Yeah, um, <clears throat> another. Uh, this one's a, a strictly DN, speed rushing DN. Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma. He, I've seen him in mocks going like late first. I think he's a uh, late second, maybe a mid second pick though. Um, legit uh, speed off the edge. Uh, real good bend, real good flexibility. Uh, another explosive dude. Like when he used his hands are violent when he gets inside the O lineman. He knows how to right. shed real easy. Um, one of those speed to power guys, three down linemen. Um, he's probably my favorite D lineman, uh, edge rusher in the draft, actually, looking at a Ronnie Perkins. No, yeah. I mean, he's played in a lot of big games. Um, definitely a guy that would be a good pickup for the uh, Niners. I mean, anybody on the other edge of Bosa would be a good pickup. Um, one guy that I like. Um, he's for sure got the best name out there is Mustafa Johnson, Colorado, uh, 6'2, 290 pounds. Um, I think he is going to be a sixth round or seventh round guy, but on my notes, I got him saying he's an upgrade from Solomon Thomas. The bag man went in on Solomon Thomas a few minutes ago. 
Yeah, anything's yeah. upgraded over Solomon Thomas, though. Huh? Anything's an upgrade over Solomon Thomas. <laughs> anything's upgrade, right? But it's kind of funny that you say a guy that's projected to be in the sixth or seventh round is going to be upgraded to Solomon Thomas. But I think Mustafa Johnson could be a run-stop defender in this league. Definitely a rotational piece. I love a defensive line who can rotate guys in and out, and they can all just do their jobs very well. I think that's what we had in our Super Bowl season, and I think this guy fits that very well. Um, I know, Chris, uh, you kind of running out of rookies there. You you like the depth of the of the team, right? Most definitely. Uh, honestly, like you said, sixth, seventh round, that's kind of where I'm feeling like we should uh, address the defensive line. I like we got other areas that we can uh, address the, I would say, secondary uh receivers uh maybe even offensive line before i would say we start diving into the defensive line i mean i feel like we did that the last five years <laughs> we've got another guy from oregon or we got a guy from south carolina i mean it's <laughs> like all right we're cool we're cool on the de- defensive line you know what i'm saying we just stay healthy and then work with what we got i think we'll be all right maybe a couple of free agents here um I think we'll be I'll be, I'll be all right, but uh, these first three three to four picks, uh, let's 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 take care of some other areas in the D line. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, before we go into free agency, though, uh, Jamal, you got anybody else you want to talk about in this rookie class? Uh, there's a couple of the guys, uh, Jason Oway from Penn State. I like him as a speed rusher. He reminds me of a D Ford actually. Um, a healthy D Ford or? No, yeah, it's just a D better Ford. person as well. Just all around better D Ford, new and improved. But um, I'm 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 actually in the other direction as uh, Chris. I think D line is a huge need, honestly, as um, anything else besides Armstead, Kinlaw, and Bosa. No one else has resigned that played significant time last year. Well, that's a bummer. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> there is a guy that I also like uh, from the Ohio State, and uh, they produced Nick Bosa. The year after that, they produced. Uh, old boy from WFT. What's the name again? Um, Chase Young. And another DM that's coming out there, Jonathan Cooper. And Jonathan Cooper, believe it or not, athletically, he doesn't match up anywhere to Bosa or Chase Young. But he is a jack-of-all-trades, uh, master of none, can do everything you ask him to mm-hmm. do on the field. Uh, but he just doesn't really do it great like Bosa or Chase Young he has a great first step I'll give him that he has smart IQ where he knows what the offense is trying to do with them uh he knows how to squeeze down power runs or he knows how to uh defend the reach play uh and also he recognizes when it's going to be a passing down and that's half the battle uh if I know this is becoming the pick on D Ford podcast but that's why the Chiefs shipped him out of there right uh he's not super athletic but he's good. Jonathan Cooper, 6'4", 257 pounds from the Ohio State. Jamal, you got another one, or are you, are you out of rookies over there? I got a couple more, but um, uh, I think free agency is where I'd like to spend the money and improve the D-line as opposed to drafting. Okay, well, let's jump right into it. Uh, who do you got at free agency? Man, put him on the spot, bro. I'll go with my nails, man. This <laughs> <Shit. laughs> is okay, live. Well, it's live. Well, well, Chris, uh, you got you ready with that? Uh, you got anybody in free agency? Uh, man. I'm, I'm, going for, uh, I'm going for uh, another guy from the FWFT, the Washington football team, uh, Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, he's a free agent. Uh, I feel like that's a nice uh, 
rotational piece for us, a nice depth piece uh, to upgrade the, the defensive line. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm more of a component of trying out the free agency than going the draft route. I'm, I'm here for the proven commodities. No, I mean, definitely a good name, a veteran presence. Uh, I think he has – he's in the Beard Club. Am I thinking of the right guy? Uh, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, he's white. You know, it's possible. Beard Club for life. Jamal, you got uh, you got anybody there on your list you like? Yeah, I got my notes down. I'm prepared. Yeah, you're going to laugh at me, but um, I'm talking – That's what I'm script. Yeah, K1 Short from Carolina oh, Panthers. Just got him. Now, I don't know why there's so much hate on him. I know he missed <laughs> a bunch of games the last two years with uh, shoulder injuries. He only played five games the last two years. But uh, he's only like two years removed from being an, uh, a Pro Bowl defensive tackle. That was D Ford. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah, but Cameron Torchland costs like a one year. He's got to get bagged up. Three million bucks, like a prove a deal. No, see what he got left in the tank. I'll give you that. Uh, he Mostert actually came out this, you know, supporting bringing him in also. He's a fan of uh, bringing him to San Francisco. Raheem Mostert, I, I seen that tweet. I can't figure out where they know each other from. They might have the same agent. They, they went surfing. They went surfing yeah. together. Surfing <laughs> or they go speed train together or something like that. Who knows? But um, um he was an elite, an elite defensive tackle from 15 to 18. Legit defensive tackle. Okay. So on a one-year deal, I'd be so down to bring him in. No, definitely. Definitely. He's like a, a souped-up DJ Jones. Um, <laughs> so – I'm big on, uh, and I've said it earlier in the podcast, I'm big on rotational guys on the defensive line. Um, and one guy that I think that will be really, do really well for us if he plays like eight to 12 snaps a game, uh, he might be looking for like a veteran minimum, a one-year, two-year deal, maybe one million, two million per, but that is a Justin Houston. And before somebody goes out of my neck, I know he's older and he's been around, but he is a guy that could teach – you know, I mean, Eric Armstead has been around, right? But I think he's a guy that can really teach Bosa how to be a pro, 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 pro. Uh, I, I know that Bosa has people in his lives, his brother and his dad, that are already teaching him. But it'll be just a guy that you can have in your locker room that can keep things together. A guy that you can have in your defensive line meeting room who can keep the young guys together. And a guy that can really... I think Reach Kinlaw and Justin Houston can bring all that and bring a little something to the field. Uh, I like him. I like him a lot. How much, how much, how much we paid? How much we paid Justin Houston? I mean, for all this, one million, two million. You know what I mean? Ooh, he ain't taking that. Yeah, he ain't taking that either. No, he's not taking that. All right, we'll it's see. Insulting, honestly. <laughs> I mean, the man's played for so long. He's probably just looking for a Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, that sounded good though. I, that's why I let you talk. I was like, it's yeah, until the very ending. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded good, though. Hey, man, I'm going to cut you guys off the podcast. Hey, you're the host, though, so it's good. You're, the, you're our Alex Trebek, RIP. All right, <laughs> what, what, who you got next? Oh, me? You know, hey, I'm going for another rotational player. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going for Trent Williams, though. I ain't going to lie. I'm going for Trent Williams. That's a nice uh, – Rotational player for us. He can play the DN or the D tackle position for us. Uh, he's a veteran. Who? Uh, he's a solid hey, player. Williams? Did you yes. say Trent Williams? The left tackle? No, my bad. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Trent Murphy. Oh, bro. If, uh, it's 11 o'clock at night right now for everyone listening. Uh, hey, East Coast. 
Everyone hey, East Coast time, man. Yeah, uh, it's two a.m. Well. right now. It's been partying yeah. all day. Yeah, it's two a.m. right now. It is. It is. My bad, Trent Murphy. I'm sorry, another friend of the podcast, Trent Murphy. He is from Stanford. You know, he's a uh, he's a veteran, uh, ten plus year veteran. Um, but I feel like he would be a, a nice rotational piece for us. Uh, solid uh, person for us to mix in with Ken Law and uh, even. With your man Solomon Solomon Thomas uh, rotate with him, Trent Murphy. I'm sorry, y'all. Another friend of the podcast. No worries, no worries. I just was like, man, Trent Williams going both ways. We we got. Hey, he could. Shit, we'll sign him. Nah, yeah, I'd bet you Trent Williams could, but no, Trent Murphy. It would be a very good rotational player. No, you're very right about that. Um, Jamal, you got somebody you like? Yeah, um, got a couple of names that are opposite of Kalen Short. Um, First name, Hassan Reddick, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, drafted first round, I think, uh, four years ago. They tried to convert him into the every down linebacker. That's not him. Coming out of Temple, he was a, you know, a pass rusher for the most part. They finally put him down in the four-point, three-point stance this year. He got 12 and a half sacks. So he's a one-year wonder. Um, I think now that he's a free agent, they probably JJ uh, Watt. He's going to be on the market, so I think we can bring him in for you know anywhere from seven to twelve million per year. Uh, I know it's just a one year of uh, production, but opposite of Nick Bosa, I think he's going to thrive. I know we keep saying it, and I we're and but this is a very good point. Anybody who's opposite of Nick Bosa is going to do very well, and a guy that uh, has what do you say, Jamal? Twelve sacks. Yeah, 12 and a half last year, opposite of Chandler Jones. And it's Chandler Jones was hurt. For, right. Uh, so, uh, but against Nick, Bo- uh, opposite of Nick Bosa, I, I mean, you're, you're thinking 14, 15 sacks. You know what I mean? Um, that's definitely a good name. And anytime you can steal a divisional opponent to bring in your locker room, that's, that's, that's a plus also. Uh, another guy that I like is Tyson Alu Alu for the Steelers. And here we go again. I know I sound like a broken record, but. <laughs> I like him because he is a rotational player. He's a guy that's a, a premier run defender. Uh, he has very good years for the Steelers. And it's a guy that I feel like, again, that you can give him eight to ten snaps a game uh, and you get a good rotation going and these guys can really do well for you. And I think he's been around. I think he's another guy that can mentor Kinlaw. And I know that I'm mentioning this over and over again, and that's what I'm really trying to look for is for Kinlaw to really step it up. And I think these guys, Justin Houston or Tyson Alu-Alu, can very do well for Kinlaw, mentor him, and make sure they can get the best out of Kinlaw. Um, but, yeah, Tyson Alu-Alu from the state. And he's a cow bear. Oh, cow- is he cow bear too? Yeah, he sure is. He's from cow, Tyson Alu-Alu. All right, all right. Uh, what about you, Chris? Who, who do you like? I do got one. It's a stretch, but I'm going to throw it out there. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, Like I said, we're on East Coast time, so it's late. So I can throw this one out. <clears throat> Why not? You know, what about uh, Giovanni Clowney? All Maybe. right, that's the end of the program. We'll see you guys next week. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. I mean, dude, I mean, this man, he gets paid like $13 million to get hurt. That's what I'm saying. You want to talk about D Ford? Why not bring Javion Clown? At least he plays six games. (laughs) 
D Ford, I have not seen him play one game in a Niner uniform. What's his last game? I have not seen him. I don't even got no jersey. What number is he? I'm serious. But I'll take Javon and Clowney because at least I know I get six games. So I'm like, hey, just say those last six games for the playoffs, the playoff run. But I'm just saying, that's why I'm going with my last my last stretch on the defensive line. Because like I said, I feel like the D-line is not much of a priority for us. I mean, we can always get these guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round undrafted free agents. Um, so, but if you want me for, as they say, shits and giggles, <laughs> I'm going to throw out uh, Javon, uh, Javion Clowney. See if All we right. can uh, throw out a couple million dollars for a Super Bowl contending team. Lord. Jamal, can you can you outdo him? Hey, I'm gonna try to save this right now. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna try riding the ship. Okay so, um, I don't know if you know this. We don't have a D in opposite Nick Bosa, so we do either have to draft one, develop one, or sign one. Um, Hassan Reddick, like I said, would be a great signing. It'd be cheap. If we're trying to hit a home run, I think you're looking at uh, Shaq Barrett from uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, and a half sacks last year. Uh, I think he had about eight or nine this year. But um, he's been healthy his entire career. He's been good his entire career. PFF had him in the low, I mean, the mid to high 70s, a couple 80s uh, is the years of playing for Denver and Tampa Bay. He would be a home run signing. And one other name that uh, I'd be super happy to get in would be uh, Yannick Ndakwe, uh, formerly of the Ravens. He's a speed rusher. I think he would replace what D Ford was bringing when he was playing those six games for us. He'd be a little more expensive, like uh, Shaq Bear would be, looking about anywhere from 10 to 15 per year, probably more than that. But those two would uh, would kill it, opposite Nick Bosa. So Joey Bosa just signed a five-year, $135 million contract, $102 million guaranteed. Wow. I guarantee you Shaq Bear is going to get that. He might get he, – he, he might not get $135 million, but he might get $128 million. He ain't getting in here. I tell you that. He ain't no, getting there. That. No. Uh, so, but I, I think, I think Shaq Barrett, he's gonna get paid. I mean, I think Shaq Barrett is everything that D Ford wishes he was. Um, and younger. <laughs> and younger, and a Super Bowl champ. But uh, you know, if we get Shaq Barrett somehow, that'd be huge. And the salary cap is supposed to be going up too next season too. And so. They say it's gonna go up a lot. So you might be on something, Jamal. That'd be that'd be huge. That'd be huge. The Batman always got the inside source. All right, so that's our D line review. Um, the Batman was out tonight for sure. A couple names Every night. out there. Uh, a lot of rookies that are late rounder guys, day three, day two guys, end of the day two, day three guys that can work that need a lot of work. Uh to revive Javon or not revive Javon Kinlaw but to get the most out of Javon Kinlaw and to revive D Ford I guess you could say is a goal right and to keep a healthy Bosa um before we end the show we like to go over a memory in the 49ers past and we were brainstorming around and we were talking about uh Alden Smith's Chicago Bears five sack game or when Bosa uh uh, just picked off that ball, the interception. I forgot what game that was. You guys remember what game? It was the Panthers. 
Panthers. Yeah, 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 Panthers. Uh, that was a remarkable play, and that really, I think, that really opened my eyes to up to Bosa after that game. I was like, okay, Bosa could be something special, not just good, but once in a generation type of player. And I don't like throwing that out, but I think uh, Bosa can be that player. And then you know, there's other defensive linemen in in 49ers history, but. I don't think there is a defense alignment more important to the 49ers history than one Bryant Young. I usually like to start off the uh, podcast by saying Bryant Young belongs in the Hall of Fame. Today, I didn't do that because I knew I was going to be talking to about him. Bryant Young's first rookie year was the year that the Niners won the Super Bowl, and he was a huge, uh, he was a huge factor in that Super Bowl. Uh, you, you go on to a guy that from a freak injury that guys were saying that he'll never come back from fight through that when comeback player of the year for the NFL and just over and over and over again, people are asking him, when are you going to retire? And he kept saying, when the 49ers go back to where I found that. And, you know, it's hard to do. It was a big task that he wanted to do. It's hard to do when you go from Eddie DeBartolo and you're eating the best food and you are flying in the best planes to freaking Dr. York, who's making you pay for stamps and daycare. Mm. Uh, that's a different story for a different pod. But Bryant Young, he went from just being some rookie to help out with the defensive line to being carried off the field at Candlestick Park. He is respected by his peers. It's a shame that he's not in the Hall of Fame. He is in the all-decade team is the 1990s and i think if you're in an all-decade team in the 1990s that is an automatic bid for you to get into the hall of fame basically you're saying that nobody was better than bryant young from 1990 to the year 1999 and so um and you know you got guys like reggie white on that list and so bryant young's up there even with reggie white in, in my book you know what i mean i don't care what your book says but in my book but like i said <laughs> The man was carried off in Candlestick Park, and I feel like even he would have came back for another season. I just think that uh, Dennis Erickson wasn't uh, going to let him miss training camp. Uh, I wish Dennis Erickson missed training camp that season, then maybe we would have had a better team. But that's a different story for a different pod. But that's my little spill on Brian Young. I love him. If Brian Young is listening, you're the reason why I fell in love with football. You're the reason why I coached defensive line. And so I appreciate you for all the great memories. Chris, Jamal, you guys have got anything on Brian Young? Just me personally on Brian Young. Uh, he's one of the top top 49 players of all time. I mean, he uh, certifies uh, what, it's, what it takes to be a pro on and off the field. Um, I mean, he's a great player. He's a captain. He's a leader. Um, I mean, he came bounce. I remember watching that game when he got uh, his leg broke on the field. Uh, it was a, a sad sight, but shout out Ken Norton Jr. Yep, friendly fire. You gotta watch <laughs> out for that. Um, I mean, just watching him bounce back and battle back and to turn himself into another uh, uh, Pro Bowl player and everything like that. Um, want to, surely one of the Top 10, one of my favorite 49ers of all time, B.Y. Um, I'd love to get him on the show one time, interview him. Uh, I mean, he's just a – he's just a – but signifies uh, what, what it is to be a, a, a professional, a good player, 
and he's a, a great man. Yeah, I'm a fan favorite. Um, any 49ers fan doesn't know Brian Young is a 49ers fan. Um, Good point. Good point. I, I can't speak with him the same words you speak with him. I mean, you're clearly a, a homer, but <laughs> you got you got yourself uh, quite the Brian Young crushing behind him. But um, I mean, I, I love the guy. Um, back in '98, that broken leg injury, I mean, he came back full fully healthy for '99 season. So I missed a few games. So the guy was an absolute beast. Um, I got nothing I can say about him. I mean, I, I know he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. I think he was a semifinalist this year. So um, next year is the chance for him and people to get in together. That'd be that'd be pretty dope. We'll do a podcast from uh, the Hall of Fame if they get in together. Oh, man. We'll be there in person with our mask yeah, on. Yeah, we'll be there live. We'll be live on the set. Doing interviews from uh, Brian Young. Radio Row. Radio Row. <laughs> Radio Row. Um, I appreciate everybody that's been following us, downloading, and, and reaching out to me on Twitter. I appreciate you guys uh, and the little following that we're getting. All the encouraging words and all the words to the bag man. I don't know if I told you, Jamal, you got a little cult following, a uh, little happening on Twitter. Uh, I think I screenshot you guys at DMs, but there's a lot of people who love you, and there's a lot of people who hate you, but we appreciate it. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, hey, just know I love you, though, man. the hate, you know, wakes me, it keeps me going in the morning that uh, <laughs> I've touched people out there with my <laughs> kind words, and uh, I'm keep bringing it every week. Every week, man, bring it. No, I love you, the bag man. I swear, I always shout you out. I tell everybody, you got a problem with the bag man, you got a problem with me. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> And with that, take us out, Joe Staley. Ten days. Yeah. How's it go? Jimmy Time Sula, Jimmy Time Sula. <laughs> Open up my shirt like Jimmy Time Sula. Got the gold chain on like Jimmy Time Sula. <laughs>